CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Gentlemen, silence your phones. You only gonna hear my tone. It's special how we all alone. Get comfy, make yourself at home. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Bird. Do you think podcasts stink? Uh, no, it's case by case. Uh, I do feel that. Uh, so a lot of people think it's mandatory to have a podcast. Like they feel they must have one. And sometimes you'll do, you'll be a guest on a podcast and it's like, where are we going with this? What's, what's the thing? It seems like we're just rambling, yeah. rambling. And this couldn't possibly be interesting for right. the listener. And then they say, oh, we'll edit it down. But I was like, but is there some, some direction we can go in that, that might like incite, uh, interesting conversation and also i feel live podcasts can be like when they do it at moon tower or south by southwest they have too many guests on yeah then everybody's competing uh for the mic and i think that also is challenging for the audience when too many people are trying to talk over each other people try to just get clips now so like if you i don't like podcasts i hate them i only do it because it's mandatory i would much it, rather but it, but it isn't mandatory okay well i'm gonna listen to you and because well, no, no, of that, and i'm trying to quit this and i think that you you've given me everything i can but so this is the if last you don't one genuinely want to do I don't it want you to. don't have to then no. why then why are you doing it it's the money's great it's two hundred and fifty thousand okay. dollars well yeah per month. and it's owned by elon musk yeah <laughs> and the problem no, no, no. is if, if now it's, it's gone public. That that's great. I make like next to no money to it. Oh, okay. I could really. I was going to say that's worthwhile for your family. That's- it's not. Here's why. Look, I like shows. I like. I like if this was an entertaining thing, and we're uh-huh. like, here's a big to do, a show. Uh-huh. But I think because Rogan is what he is now, everyone thinks that he could just do what Rogan does. And that they're going to get rich. And I think it's oversaturated. And I think sometimes there's, you're the most interesting person I talk to ever in my entire Don't life. say that because you've just raised the bar for whoever's listening. No, to this no podcast. one cares. There's like a dozen people that watch this. The, the thing is. Oh, it's being watched as well. Not right now. Well, that's a camera. Yeah. Um, but you are always, since I met you, you're one of the most interesting people I've ever Matt that's very life. kind. I don't know if that's true, and uh, a lot of times, why I it is most I, of the people I, I feel meet uncomfortable are incredible in dullards. podcast is I feel like I just ramble on and on and talk too much, and I find like that that, uh, and then I always at night I'm like, what did I say? What did I say? And my like stomach feels sick. It? Yeah, but you don't. Okay, first of all. For people that don't know who you are, which is possible. Which would be 90% of the population. It's not 1998, Aaron. You, in 19- was that the peak, 1998? I feel like 98 was a peak. Uh, for things, you. Things, I, I had a really good run. I don't know how it happened or why. From about 91 to 2001. And as quickly as it started, it ended 
boom, like at the same the same way. Do you remember the moment it ended when you uh, knew it was I going think it downhill? really, really ended uh, when I started doing Air America radio during the Bush era. Why? Uh, well, you I, because you, it became about politics uh, instead because, of because uh, first of all, I think when you get so associated with a decade, and I this may mean nothing to people who are younger, but there was a time when I worked a great deal in the '90s, and for whatever reason, was always a, a Gen X, what have you. Uh, and I'm not; I'm tailing baby boomers, and yeah. I think reality bites had something to do with that. Everybody else was 21; I was 29. And nobody thinks of you as a boomer. <clears throat> I am, but I am talented to the boomers. And there was just a time where I got incredibly lucky. And it's like work, 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 and paneling on talk shows and stand up specials. It just, you know, what I mean, just all, to, of it. all of this stuff. And uh, some of the opportunities I, I didn't deserve. You know what I mean? It's like there's far more talented people who should be Come doing on. this. No, no, I'm not being falsely modest. And then. Now what has happened is now I'm paying dues the way it should have been in the first first place. Now it, I have to struggle to get auditions or um, I definitely don't get parts because also once you get typecast yeah. and associated with a time, people are, we don't want that again. We don't want that. And also people think, you surely does one thing. And the thing is, is the first acting job I ever had, I started stand-up at 19, but I didn't start acting until 27, and that was uh, the Larry Sanders show. And I was asked to portray a certain type of character who was kind of surly yeah. and mean. And then I wasn't smart enough to not keep taking parts like that. People were like, oh, that's what you, let's have her do this again and again and again and again. And that's not me, but uh, people think that is me. And to this day, in fact, today I got sent a script that where I'm a, an asshole. It, first of all, it's not interesting to play. I don't want to further typecast myself. And like 90% of SAG after I've done tons of things over the last 22 years that no one ever sees. That's that's basically 90%. You just, you're working and yeah. you want to do stuff done off Broadway, done Broadway stuff. It's just, it doesn't resonate. Also, I don't have any social media platforms, things of I that like nature. I like that about you. It's just, it's not noble. It's, it's value neutral. It's just, I, it makes me uncomfortable. Why? And there's a fake me tweeting and a fake Facebook me for yeah, some like reason. Yeah, like Garofa Holic or something Yeah, I don't like know that. who that is. But, and you and, don't go out of your way to try and stop this no, person? No, well, actually, there was a couple people uh, over the years I've tried to stop who were more like trolls. Yeah. And apparently they have more rights than I do. Somebody bought the rights to my name uh, a few years ago, like Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Dot com or something okay. like that. And so that meant I couldn't be JanineGraffalo.com. And they can use pictures of you and everything. Now, luckily, I didn't want to JanineGraffalo.com. Right. But the thing is, I don't know what this person's putting out there. And then there was a thing called Garofalo Nation. A, I'd never say Garofalo Nation. Colbert owns Colbert Nation. Yeah. And I wouldn't do that. I have no idea what the fake me is tweeting. I have no control over it that. It seems like the fake you is a pretty nice, they just tweet your shows and stuff. Well, From what I see. I have no idea, but the thing is, is when I say I don't have social media platforms. behind Flint, Michigan's water. Oh, that is true. <laughs> you know how I feel about Flint, Michigan. I have no and idea. And water. Hey, did you ever hang out with Michael Moore? Yes, I actually was on one of his series uh, years ago. He had a series in the early 90s. Oh my God. I'm so I remember sorry. I forget this. what it was called. And uh, I was uh, in the cast of that. And then I've done some live shows with him. And you like him? I do. He's smart. 
He is very smart. What's his? Does he like secretly eat when the cameras are off? He looks like uh, a guy that really likes not, food. Not that I've seen. I mean, he 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 may enjoy eating. I, I don't know. I don't know. What's your favorite thing to sneak at craft services? Oh, you know, I used to be such a craft service. When I was on Larry Sanders, my nickname was Snack Time because all I did, Jeremy Piven named me that because all I did I was. I forgot Piven was on go, that show. Yeah. And Jeffrey Tambor, one show. time when I was eating, he came up to me and he said, Stop. Stop. Because it's, a, especially in the early days of craft service, yeah. uh, it was new to me. This yeah. It's like they have bagels and lox, yeah. they have everything, and they keep changing the food, and there's yeah. more food. And Ooh, now I'm properly lit. Yeah. That I looks like that great. better. But uh I couldn't and I would stuff my backpack full of snacks and, and things take like them home. that. Now I'm embarrassed to eat in front of people, so I do it in shame. Um, that's how you're supposed to binge eat. Uh yeah. Is it's, alone. It's always alone. I'll eat a whole pint of ice cream and now I'm married. My wife sees it, she's disgusted by it, and I never but used to eat it. But pint is not that much. To me it's a bowl. That's a bowl. A, like a Ben and Jerry's a, thing. For, yeah. It is not they four servings. When they started making a small pint, you're servings. like, this is one This is one serving. I should and, eat and this all the time. And I used to feel the same way when I drank. Four, finishing a bottle of wine is nothing. That's what that I used to do, too. That is four glasses. And also, I'm doing it at least while watching. This is back when Hardball was on. Yeah. See, I was watching. You used to love the news. Uh, and I, I still like to dip in but like anyone if you care about things and you're a rational person it's painful it's painful yeah. politics and sometimes there's fatigue about it and <clears throat> you can get in trouble for saying <clears throat> excuse me the most reasonable thing but people loved it we discussed this last week vis-a-vis mm -hmm. uh, -vis Chappelle yeah people love to deliberately misunderstand or go off hearsay or somebody told me somebody said this it is so painful to deal with those things and not being in social media and stuff can mitigate that to a degree, but that people will always find ways. Do you like politics because you're smart or because you believe that the country could be something other than it is? No, 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 no. I, it's not politics per se. I like, and but also you talk about when uh, I first I do, met you, I do you would talk have these about brilliant extended Mm -hmm. Rants that didn't come across they, as they're ranty. Not rant. They're right. not they're They not didn't rants. come across as ranty. But their thoughts uh -huh. strung together that were very logical, mm -hmm. and they also incorporated your own insecurities and your eccentricities. Right. And I always thought that they were brilliant and, so, and funny. To, to some people, they like that. And to some people, they really dislike it. Yeah, some people and really are dislike very it. upfront about that. Now, during the Bush era, uh, it was particularly bad especially uh, gearing up to the illegal invasion of Iraq. And yeah. also after that, you can't say anything. You can't do anything. You can't. You know, I mean, it was just a time that's uh, easily forgotten how bad it was uh, and people getting, uh, you know, castigated for saying the most reasonable things. The Dixie Chicks. The Dixie Chicks. That's one example. Because it's easy to mock and marginalize people in entertainment. There were plenty of people from the Pentagon, from the Vatican, and people that people can respect if that's how you want to deal with it, that were very much saying the same thing against the war, against the policies yeah. of the Bush Cheney administration. But of course, you can't go after them. But it's very easy. Now, I didn't want to go on these news programs and do that. I, I started doing it as a favor for a very good friend who said they're not booking people 
uh, other than actors so that you could mock and marginalize them, right? Right. And I didn't want to, but I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll go on these shows because if, if people in entertainment at least aren't going on to talk about these things, they won't have anybody on because they're not going to have somebody from the Pentagon or anything like that. What shows were these? Oh, my God. I was on <clears> – <throat> I actually have in my – in my diary, I made 250 appearances on various news programs, panels, radio shows. Lot. It was a lot and pain, pain, pain. And the death threats, the hate and mail. And you wanted to go on these no, shows? No, I did not. Let I absolutely did not. explain something to people that don't know. So you're an incredibly talented comic, groundbreaking at the time. I remember I saw you at the Luna Lounge in 2001. This is when, and this was already, you were already huge, but this was at a point where alt comedy was just starting and you, and you well, were Well, no, one- actually alt comedy started in the eighties in places like San Francisco, Seattle, stuff like that. I, 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 for some reason I've been given too much credit for quote unquote alt comedy. Okay. Um, it's just how I do stand up. I'm not a strong joke not- writer. <laughs> and what happened was, and even though I started in 85, when I would go on the road, I would see plenty of comics doing uh, what would be considered quote unquote alt comedy yeah. at the Holy City Zoo and places like that and at Lest- Esther's Follies in Austin. There was the scene going on concurrent with the mainstream the scene. The club scene. And um, there happened to be a few articles written in Los Angeles around the time Nirvana broke. Mm-hmm. And they just dubbed it alt comedy okay. and alt music. And they put myself and David Cross and Bob Odenkirk and these people. And then that it was were, Largo and in La- LA, Largo, right? Luna Lounge. Beth Lapidus deserves a great amount of credit yeah. for a scene. There was also Surf Reality and Baramundi and Reverend Jen here in New York deserves a lot of credit. But there was plenty of people, Sam Cedar, doing all kinds of comedy that would be considered Quote unquote, so you're living comedy. in L.A. I was living in L.A. from like you're doing 90. what show then? You're doing Larry uh, Sanders' show? I was show? on Larry Sanders' The Ben Stiller show in the same year. And then you go out, you do stand-up at night. Well, yeah, I would do stand-up when I could. Would you go on the night. road on weekends too? Uh, no, I didn't do that. Because you didn't have to. Uh, no, not that. It's to. just that that's sort of not me. Uh, I'm not one of those... You don't got to keep work, keep going. Uh, <laughs> you don't got to plug occasionally, away. Occasionally, there would be times where there'd be a gig on the weekends and yeah. stuff. But also I was doing a lot of movies at the time and you don't know when you're going to rap or anything and you yeah. can't leave. I left The Incredible Hulk one day. I'm working with Ed Norton. I heard about this. Ed Can Norton, who this? doesn't like me at all, Doesn't by the like way. me at mm-hmm. all because my line was, he's locked in and then I hold a gun and I didn't, I messed up on one rehearsal because he goes, why is that guy not going? And I said, I'm an actor, I go on action. And then they go, just go when Ed goes. And then I had to do a gig where I was headlining and I had a hard out at six o'clock. And it's like That, that means nothing, the hard out. That's what, and I go, mm-hmm. I gotta go head, I'm doing, there's people right. waiting you to see me You can never plan, I learned that the hard way. You can't do it because hard out means nothing because you can't. <clears throat> factor in all the things that happen Too in a film. Too many things happen on a that film You'll set. never rap when you're... Well, you're I laughed and Ed Norton was very upset with me and looked at me uh-huh. very disappointed like I wasn't serving the art. Well, I guess you're supposed to the, commit to the the film. The thing you're doing. Um, and I was actually cast in Fight Club and Ed Norton said no. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, this is a great story, uh, by the and, way. and actually it's one of those things and, and I... I don't blame him entirely. He just felt I wasn't a good enough actor. But what was painful is I offered, even though I had contracts had been signed, everything. Yeah. Um, and 
David Fincher. Who directed uh, that? Who directed it. We had a meeting and he gave me the script and I was did flying like back to New York. Yes, I did. And I had re- read the book. I liked it Were very much. Were you super much. excited? Very much so. And when you read the script, don't mm-hmm. let me stop you, but what's your favorite thing to do? Do you grab a really nice coffee and sit down and well, read the script? Well, I was on a plane. So, and it's See, that's one of the- nice. And you were sitting first class? I was because I wasn't paying for it. But I, now that I'm older, I'm willing to spend on first class because it doesn't get paid for. Because grandma, once you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No. And I have lots of miles <laughs> built up. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I, it's I'm nice. not a big spender, but I'll spend on that or use my miles. That's what that. I do. And it was always my dream. To, that's how you picture how you're reading a script in first mm-hmm. class. Did you feel good about that? It made me incredibly happy because also I was like, this is amazing because I've never, uh, you know, like a lot of people in in high school or growing up, I was neither popular nor unpopular. I mean, it was very unpopular in college, oddly. I was like a pariah. Um, for That just didn't work out at all. College was a real bummer. Where'd you go? Somewhere Providence in Providence College. Boo. Where's that? Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. You didn't like it. Uh, Were you it in just theater uh, or something? Uh, Liberal arts? I, I no, I was a history major. I just must have been such a. Also, I'm I'm five one and at the time weighed 160 pounds, which I guess is that uh, big. Uh, <laughs> I guess so because it seemed that uh, I remember the best people time. enjoyed no idea what's enjoyed. Happening. <laughs> Ignoring people, me a great deal. You, you were ignored. Uh, well, I had two roommates freshman year who really didn't like me. There's three to a room. But they call you fatty? Behind, I'm sure behind oh, my back. Those uh, bitches. Uh, and if it was on, Where are they on the weekends. Oh, they're nice. Uh, one of them I hey, ran we're... into. A, I'm sure they're very nice. You can't hold anything against 18, 19, 20-year-olds. It's just that those two got along great, and I, and I didn't. I guess I cramped their style this or, is so sad. or I was just, that's okay. It's a, it's, it's, it happens to lots of people. I didn't I expect it in college. I thought in college those things didn't happen, but it did. Was it so like then, that in high school? No, high school was fine. Totally fine. Cause I was neither popular nor unpopular. It was in the sweet spot. You just fly under you just, the radar. You just fly under the radar. That's a good place to be. It is a very you good place to be. No one's bugging it, you. It's, you yeah. don't have to be cool. And Would you I'm smoke? Still, did you smoke cigarettes I didn't then? start smoking until See, college. I had to smoke to fit in. Um, well, the, they used to, and this is true. I am old enough that in my junior high and high school, there was a smoking lounge in junior high. That Inside. seems in, outside. In, oh yeah, this Mine seems there was. inconceivable to young people today. We called it the inconceivable. Butt hot. That's what we and called the, it. The burnouts were the ones who smoked cigarettes. Yeah. I my mom drove by once and saw me, and I and I couldn't but say I was junior high school, else. seventh and eighth grade. Yep. Smoking lounge. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And in college, you could still smoke in class when I was in class. That's how long ago. Really? In college. Yeah. Um, now, I didn't start smoking to college because I was trying to lose weight. Yeah. And, and it that, no. Uh. But I also started drinking. And that's, uh. that helped me feel more comfortable around yeah. people. But I, it had already been established that I was a, a loser. And, and luckily, I started doing stand up junior year and kept going to Boston. And also, there was a really great in, indie music scene in Rhode Island and Boston. And you find people that you, you find your like-minded souls at, at these venues. Outcasts that are now uh, and part they're not of a outcasts. Community. They just have better taste in music. Okay, and so and also there was this great indie radio station called WBRU from Brown University in Rhode Island. And when you get introduced to a different kind of music that's not in the mainstream, and then these bands are playing around, you find a whole other world. And I'm so very thankful. And then also I. 
was turned on to Howard Zinn, uh, People's History of the United States and some other, and Noam Chomsky. Yeah. And that changed me too. There's, it makes you think differently and uh, realize there's uh, more interesting people out there that are not maybe sharing Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn's rationality and people. stuff like that. And so I met very good friends in that scene and also I had some friends from high school that went to Wheaton College and made some very good friends. I would just drive there and hang out with them. And I had some friends at RISD and I would hang out there. Yeah. And then Did you think about transferring schools? No, because I was such a bad student, I would have had to go down. Providence College is actually a good school. Okay. It's competitive. I would have had to go down word to transfer because I had a very low grade point average. Not a good student. 2.6? It was probably lower than that. Really? It was probably... The only thing that saved me was Western Civ, which is mandatory. That's the only good thing about Providence College. Two years, five days a week of this wonderful program called Western Civilization. Starting in Mesopotamia yeah. and ending wherever they are now. You graduate. I graduate with a history degree. You start doing and more stand-up. I already started doing stand-up. I moved to Boston. And the scene was good there. The scene was fantastic. And it Who was, was good there? at Rhode Island. Lenny Clark? Uh, Lenny Clark and all those guys. But there was a mini boomlet in like 85 that yeah. started again. So there was tons of venues and things and lots of open mic What was mic the time. name of the Chinese restaurant? The Ding Ho. That's a very famous place. But the, the, what about the DJ Ding Ho Hazard? was closed. DJ, DJ had, yes, Hazard? But the Ding Ho was closed by the time I got there. So there okay. was another um, uh, Asian restaurant that had served scorpion bowls that was doing stand-up. But... There was a lot of venues doing it. And then when Catch a Rising Star opened in Cambridge, that was really great. Yeah. Because Robin Horton curated a really good room. Like he really put a lot of thought into the types of good comics. Good host. The good acts host, would complement Going each together, other. compliment, yeah. really thinking about it. And uh, even though I enjoyed the other clubs, actually I always failed at Nick's. Um, uh, and there was a thing called the Boston Comedy Riot that Nick DiPaolo and I co-won. Yeah. One year. They had the, the rock and roll rumble. And WBCN. Two, very similar. Very similar. Actually, similar styles. I think he's hilarious. I think Nick I think he's one hilarious. Of the funniest people alive. I have no problem at all with him as a comic. Hilarious. And I like him, although his politics uh, are not my thing. You're and polar opposites we are in polar terms opposites. of politics. Polar opposites. But, um, Do you guys still talk? When I see him. When I see him. Yeah. But he's the, hilarious. But he he's hilarious. He's funny. There's no denying yeah. that he he's a no good comic. He, yeah. There's no problem with that. Uh, sometimes the things he says are like, in fact, and I was going to say in my opinion, it's not an opinion, factually incorrect. Yeah. Politically and otherwise, but that's where he's going. That's his thing. Yeah, it's his thing now. In the same way, sometimes people go a little off and it, it hurts me, like Jimmy Dore. Love Jimmy Dore, but I don't understand where he's coming from anymore. Some um, people think, here's the logic mm -hmm. behind what these people do, because I've been halfway there. Mm-hmm. Some people call it a grift. Other people think it's such a repressed point of view because quote unquote show business is so liberal that you should that be able to That is not even true. There's so many conservative right. right wingers in show business and the owners of, this, of the productions Very tend right to wing. be right, right wing. But there so is- So maybe there's a misconception. There is a myth yeah. that- Hollywood, Hollywood is, is very, very liberal. Now, there are many progressive liberal people yeah. in entertainment, and that always has been the yeah. case. But there have always been also, concurrently, right-wingers and right-wing bosses and owners and I things agree. like that. 
But and I think that pushback comes from, okay, the myth that Hollywood's so liberal. So our voice, is, which is the white man, is repressed now. So mm-hmm. we should be able to say these things. So that I think that's no, where that comes from. No, I think that, that what from. happens, I, I actually feel like, oh, I have a dollar in my pocket. I just found a dollar. <laughs> is that that's a line strange. from RoboCop? No, I'd that? buy that that's for a dollar. dollar. Got it. But the... I think that what happens, and this is me speculating, in the in the case of Matt Taibbi or Jimmy Dore or something like that. I don't know who um, Matt Taibbi is. These are people that were activists, uh, progressive activists. I feel like something happens in their personal life or they, even though they're working so hard, for some reason they get, uh, they get a hard time from others on the left where they don't deserve it. And almost like there's an ego brute, something it's like, well... I'm going to the other side. There's a doubling down that happens. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, you don't think I can say, watch this. And then they double Uh down, double down. But I feel like it's always personal. The personal is political. It's it's, it's a trope for a reason. Yeah, Uh, I would like to know what it was. I watched Nick before he left New York, and Nick would make me die laughing. mm Mm-hmm. But it wasn't going over with the New York crowds that much. I'd be at the back of the oh, room. Oh, I always always would see him do very well. I, the stand, like the last couple of years before he left, he mm-hmm. was he was struggling though because oh, he'd open with like, "What's going on, y'all? Gay?" Like that would be the uh-huh. first line out of the gate, and I still use it, but it's great. But he would push them away so far mm-hmm. and just be like, "Ah, oh, you're all a bunch of but liberal." That's person. That's about something going on inside, and yeah. I I do feel like anyone that is. Right wing in general, something has to be wrong. Something you have to be upset about something else, or you're looking for a tribe, or what have you. Because a lot of the people that support Trump now, those people are neurodivergent. I don't know what's going on there, but it is not in their interest to keep supporting conservatives and those that serve their constituents, which happen to be in the 1% or the wealthy in life. It, there is no evidence to support that voting Republican helps the working class right. or helps anybody struggling. All these myths uh, that people keep swallowing, but I do think there's a core of people that will, are hardcore to the right because they don't like diversity. They don't... They don't they like, like diversity, but they don't like the way that diversity is presented in their world where they're like, I'm all for diversity, but nope. hey, I lost there my is, job to that. No, there, no, that's racist. Lost your job that's to that. That's just racism. Yeah, that's straight up racism. That, you're not all for diversity. And also you didn't lose your job to that. You lost the job to the right wing head of the company who is undercutting your pay. You're mad at the wrong person. This has been going, this is historical. Those that come in and will work for next to nothing when somebody's asking to be paid fairly yeah. and then they're mad at the person who is even in more dire so you're straits. saying, and I'm following the logic on this, that Republicans will blame liberals when in essence they should be re- blaming called, the Republican who's the head of the it's corporation. It's called projection. You accuse the other of doing what you're doing. I get what now, you're saying. It's hard to even call them Republicans and they are not the party of Lincoln and that's why I don't like the Lincoln Project. They have not been the party of Lincoln since the Civil Rights era. But there is... Uh, no there there for those supporting, especially if you are not wealthy, supporting the Republicans at this point. Now, if you are a person who what is racist, taxation? but that people don't want to pay taxes, it doesn't help society. If you want good public schools, if you want- You have to pay taxes. Well, you pay taxes. Yeah, I pay taxes. And, and the thing is, is there's no benefit to anyone. 
to lower taxes. And guess what? Corporations aren't paying their taxes. That They get away with it. But this revenue that serves the city, that serves social services, yeah. that impacts your life positively, not paying taxes. Why don't people on Twitter say this? I'm sure they do. Um, it's just one of those things where people like the sound of not paying taxes. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I would like to pay less taxes. Yeah, of course that's and get the same thing. Right, but, but then that's me and being also greedy, socialism deliberately misunderstood. We are socialists. Have you ever been to a public school? Have you ever been to an airport? Have you ever been on a highway? Have you ever been on Amtrak? That's socialism, because you pay. Well, and when we bail, like extreme socialism. No, no, but the What's thing is, extreme socialism? Ta- if you're talking about Lenin, Stalin, yeah, uh, any in in history in other countries their version of socialism, that has never been here. And our version of socialism, which we are socialists since the founding, when there is any time where people kick in money. People think Canada's socialist. How does and Canadian, Canada, socialism Canadian socialism differ from American socialism? And British socialism provides a social safety net and health care. Yeah. That's, we don't do that. We don't do that. And the thing is, is uh, there's, uh, there's, Plenty of Republicans that have been trying to undo the New Deal hate have have hated what Roosevelt did, which did nothing but uplift the country. Now, people used to just die in the streets, poor people, the elderly. There was they still do. They, There's people now, outside now, that right, die right. In the but streets. what I'm saying is, it was the norm. It was the norm. There was no social security. There was no public works. There was none of these things that Roosevelt introduced in the New Deal, and the. Republicans hate that stuff. They don't want that kind of equity because you can't use be as divisive as you need to be. And as I said, Republicans didn't really go off the rails until the civil rights era. Yeah, they didn't want to be the party of Lincoln. That Trump anymore. was the best Republican president. Well, ever. endorsed by the KKK. How can you that you? It is indefensible to identify as Republican at this point. Indefensible. I would have said what that if, since Reagan. What if you're a DeSantis guy? <laughs> That, I, that, that doesn't okay. help me out. If that doesn't you help had me out. to choose, okay, say this. If they go, Janine, there's going to be a new president. Uh-huh. Joe, Joe Biden said he's not going to do it anymore. It's between DeSantis and Trump. And first you can't all, say I'm moving to Canada. No, no, no. Who would you go it's for? It's not that. First of all, neither. Making, that's a devil's bargain. It's, you have to but pick the, one. No, I don't have to pick one because In that's theory. absurd. First of all, Joe, Joe Biden shouldn't have even, I don't know how that happened. He was just given to us in the primaries. Like he's the guy now. Did and I feel think like there was other people that were better suited. Of course for that there job? was, but whatever the powers that be are made this decision for us. Why did they do that? I don't know why. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Why isn't the best person for the job having that job? Well, there's a number of things. First of all, the electoral college needs to be changed. Also, we have to undo all the illegal redistricting and the gerrymandering that's been going on and the the voting the 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 software for voting it can easily be tampered with. This Do you is think not, it is? Oh, Debold? For sure it was. Do during you vote? The, Yes, of course. I, I went do. and voted yeah, because yeah. I'm allowed to now. I wasn't allowed to because I just became a citizen. Uh-huh. And I get very excited when I go and vote. Mm-hmm. And then I see these old people that shouldn't be out of their homes that run the voting. And I'm happy that they're volunteering, uh-huh. but I'm also very Oh, scared. no, they're not the problem. No. The problem is like the machines. The machines, which any software can be tampered with. And it was. Uh, there's a documentary called Hacking Democracy that shows how the Debolt software during the... Uh, he thinks that you can't steal an election. 
Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's just business, by the way. And is they it do another it's just business, not tinfoil hat stuff. It's been going on in other countries, in our country, and at George Washington's minions, and in the early days, they would have minions pay people in beer to vote multiple times. That's called business. Do you see? Uh, and he doesn't it's because you don't want to believe that because it's yeah. emotionally uh, difficult. No, but a, a grand collusion to sway the presidential election, I think, is... It, it is not a grand collusion. It only takes a handful of people. It takes Walter O'Dell, who owned the D-Bolt software, Thank the head you. of the Republican National Committee in Ohio, who is on record saying, I'll do anything it takes to get this election See? away from Kerry. Also, Shonda Rhimes... Uh, did an episode that showed you how the election was stolen from John Kerry. Um, and, remember when and Gore lost? And, and, and he did. And, Do you remember Antonin, when Gore on, lost? Antonin Scalia illegally, yeah. illegally stopped the recount. That's illegal. Yeah. And he should have recused himself as Supreme Court. All the time. Yes, it does. In a country so, where democracy is supposed to be king. We're not a democracy. not a democracy. It's a managed democracy. I knew this. It's a it's managed not a democracy. democracy. There's no such thing. Power seeks to... Until the human condition changes, this will never change. But How's the human um, condition change? No, until it does, but this will never change. How I guess we would evolve to a Buddha nature where people would be like, I am not going to seek... People power. have that in them, right? Oh, there are some. There are people that are very fair and equitable. Uh, we they, are. Uh, I'd like to think so. We're not in seats of power. Right. Elon Musk getting Twitter, I think, just to destroy it, but also it reinstating Trump, reinstating rapidly. Trump's Twitter. Just and that's just out of spite. I don't spite. even think Trump has tweeted since he's back on. I feel like. You think he I will? I feel like why wouldn't he? But why would and the use of the N word as soon as Elon Musk took over Twitter. Is it back? Spiked like a 20 fold. I don't use it on Twitter. No, no, nor (laughs) should anyone use it on Twitter. But going back to, uh, what I was saying about it, it, it doesn't take a a grand collusion. It takes a a, a handful of people and, and you don't want to believe that. But if I told you they steal elections in Uganda, how do you feel about that? That, that that's just racism. Not racism. That's uh, nationalism. What yeah. is different in Uganda than America? What is different? I think our system is probably more, uh, you know, built in with. It's not cars. making a point, is but it? But it isn't. It isn't. And also the electoral in college. Uganda, <laughs> uh, it's probably easier to steal an election in America than it, it is. Yes, in Uganda. it is that's with with software, at. and also because there's so many people that refuse to believe it, and also the press is happy to report about stolen elections around the world. Not here. Yeah, they they don't want to report if about it. If you say an election stolen here, you're crazy. Yeah, but when you're it happens accused. in like Brazil or Uganda, if, 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 yeah. our, if our court system aren't able to, you know, figure out if it actually happened or not, it's, 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 it's first it's, of all, if Antonin Scalia can illegally stop a recount, which he should have recused himself from because family members worked in the Bush campaign, also Clarence Thomas, his wife, worked on the Bush campaign. That means they shouldn't have had a say. On the Supreme Court, right? That's an ethics violation. That's two Supreme Court people. So what do you what do you say to that? But they did it and stopped the recount. Yeah. So that is corrupt right on its very nature. There also shouldn't be lifetime appointments. I'm sorry to be yelling at you. This is why I don't like to do podcasts. Yeah, okay, we can stop. Uh, no, 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 not that. But I'm saying this is not uh, me taking something from you. It feels like people are trying to take something from you. How do you mean? Uh, people feel like, don't tell me that. Right. I hate you now. For yeah. telling me that, but do you hate you, Janine now? No, but you, no. You'd be right, and still, un, unfortunately, the reality is 
the Supreme Court ruled the way they did, Bush became president, and now that's our, that's just our, as, as ready may be, just like, this is what it is, this is what it is. But look at the repercussions, and the thing is, I'm not satisfied with that. Right. Look at the illegal invasion of Iraq, which led to Afghanistan and the refugee crisis. This and is still, still going. ongoing. Yeah. This is going to be for years. I get Janine's point very clearly. And, uh, you, and the rise of the Taliban, you can connect to the Reagan administration. All of these things. It's called blowback. And there's a great book about it by Chalmers Johnson. But the thing is, is there has to be responsibility taken by this country for what we do around the world. We're quick to blame others and we're quick to punish others. Look at... What never got solved at Abu Ghraib? Look at all these war, war yeah. crimes. Look at all these lives destroyed. There's hundreds and thousands of people dead and wounded that will never recover from the illegal invasion of Iraq. And that wasn't the first time. There's been three illegal invasions of Iraq. And it's not okay to just say, it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? This impacts, and the debt has not been paid to Iraq. There's also illegal uranium being used in the soil. There's... Groundwater contaminated. There's children born with birth. This is very, very serious stuff. And this does not endear us to people around the world. People view America as a bad place. As, as, and not all of us are, but we are held hostage by the right wing of I'm, our government. I think I'm a good The way person. Israel is held hostage to the right wing of the Knesset. Britain is held hostage to the right wing of the parliament. Doesn't represent us fairly. Doesn't represent people Israel. people on the left, Correct. I have no idea. Uh, they don't have seats they don't of power. Have powers. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and if they are bad, uh, what are they bad about? And the thing is, it's not impacting your life, really. They're not in government. So you're saying that even though there's a Democratic president, that uh, Republicans... He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a... I would say, like Obama, he's what Republicans were in the 70s. Okay. And so I love Barack Obama. He's too conservative. He's he's a, what they call a centrist. Okay. And this nonsense about trying to continually reach across the aisle when Mitch McConnell's made it very clear there will be no bipartisanship. Yeah. And Kamala Harris has been neutered. You know what I mean? She like all these things. Talk a lot. Uh, and AOC, who tries to do the right thing, gets you know shat upon constantly for yeah. trying to do stuff. Look at Nancy Pelosi's husband hit on the head. With a hammer, what almost happened? killed by a Trump supporter. Was it? Yes, it was. I didn't read the whole story. And, it wasn't a guy. He didn't. And have they a lover also like house. to say, "No, this is a mental illness. This is this is not about that." When it is clear that the right wing and Alex Jones and Trump and others they foment this, they push their people, and that January sixth thing. This is nuts. And they wanted to. They wanted to. There was chanting to. To kill Nancy Pelosi, they for some reason they just despise her for some reason. Alex Even though Jones. she's as conservative as it gets. Did you meet him? Who? Alex Jones. No. I did his show uh -huh. in Austin, and was he, was, he mocking the he was very shooting victims? Family? And very funny because he knew that there was a comedian on, and at one point he gave me Charlie Sheen's jacket from the movie Red Dawn. You know what? He can go fuck himself. Because and also after the court case, he was like, "Good luck for them getting their money." How it was painful a for our parents. That's a lot but of money. But listen to this. A parent who's lost their child in a shooting, and Alex Jones sits there Good day after day talking about that it's a hoax. You know about everything that's going on in this country. Not everything. The, Not well, everything. You're, you're there's many things well I have no idea about. Everything that's topical and political. Well, there's plenty of people that know off. a lot more than me. So when you had this moment in your career 
where you're doing pretty much everything you want and you're fighting to evolve yourself. And then you get into this because you have such a brilliant political mind and you feel like that holds you back. Do you feel like it was? No, I don't have to- such a brilliant political mind. And Come like on. I said, I didn't, uh, it was, I felt it was the right thing or to do. And working at, I'm, I'm intellectually curious. Okay. That makes um, sense. But that comes across working as brilliant. At Air America, you know that, right? I felt was important. Now, Around the time that was happening, was my career money? was starting. No. Okay. Um, and in fact, a number of us didn't take a salary for a while because the owners ran it into the ground. But what other comedians were on there, by the Al way? Al Franken was on there. Liz Winstead, Mark Maron, Sam Cedar, Chuck D. Um, there's other it comedians. It seems like talent laden and that it should have uh, it, it was, it was, popped up. It was, it, was it, it a fun place to work? It was a fun place to work, but it was run poorly. Did you find comedy in the trying politics of the time? Oh, yeah, time? there's always things, but sometimes... Would you guys laugh a lot Oh, yeah, 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 but sometimes there's things that are so painful. I would cry a lot, too. I, I, I unfortunately uh, don't handle these things well. I get so frustrated that I will cry. Really? Yeah. You do yoga still? No, I never did yoga. You seem like a yoga person. No, I tried it once, and it made me feel nauseous. <laughs> why? I don't know why. <laughs> like just, you were too centered. I just felt... Nauseous, and also I, I don't like yoga because I'm sorry to be vulgar, but I'm very gassy. Really? So I do apologize, people. No, people I would if I lot. did yoga. I would. Did you, the one I time feel, you did it, did you fart? No, a lot? I didn't. But it was just suppression. I've been in classes where people and, um, fart a lot. Anyway, the I just want to make something clear. I don't think I'm a good, great political mind. I felt like it was the right thing to do. My career was already dipping. Anyway. Uh, when I got this opportunity to work at Air America, but I also felt it was the right thing to do. So I took two to three years off of basically everything to work at this radio yeah. station. And Where then I got, it, it was uh, here. There was in a, New York. in New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. And, um, I then got offered a job on the West Wing, which I really wanted to do. Good show. Uh, it's a Aaron great Sorkin. show. Brilliant and, show. Uh, and I was thrilled to do it. And, it was supposed to be three episodes, and it turned out to be a whole season. And and I I feel like they Where forgot because they were Los Here? Angeles because oh. it was a writer's strike, and I feel like they forgot I was only supposed to be on for three seasons. I'd never brought it up and for I, three episodes for three episodes. So they're like, oh, keep three episodes, Janine. and then the show that was the last season. I was Jimmy Smith's campaign manager. It was the one with the wonderful Alan Alda running against. I've never Jimmy watched Smith's. the full West Wing. I, I actually and Bradley Whitford the best guy in the world. It just was wonderful, wonderful experience. And then I tried to like, I, I would like to act again more. And it, apparently it's very difficult to say, I'd like to do more. I'd like to um, come back. And I'm not asking, nobody owes me a job at all. Do you know but I stopped an audition And then I said, I want to nice. act again. And I had an audition and they pinned me for the first role that I was up for. I didn't get it, but I got pinned. What's, then, what's that mean, pin? Pin is when they're like, oh, we love him. Oh, great. Is he available Because you never know what it will yeah, lead then to. Then you hope someone remember. else gets sick, the first choice. Or no, you hope, and and every once in a while I'll get jobs, and then there's offers that I will turn down because it's like, this this is not, this writing is not, you know, if this is a comedy that I don't want to do it. And then uh, I'd like to do a lot of dramatic. I have a movie coming out December 16th starring Anna Gunn and Linus Roche called The Apology. And these are these wonderful movies you do because you want to do it that are no money yeah. things. And unfortunately, they don't have a lot of distribution. And that's what most actors, a lot of actors do because um, 0.5% of SAG-AFTRA has that sustained career success mm-hmm. where it's just golden straight through. And they 
work and work and work. And people you had, had that for 10 years. I know, well, no, I had luck for 10 years, but, but I it wasn't very like good and very funny. Oh, and I, I, people I, I feel you. like people thought she does one thing, I don't but I'm that. not saying poor me. And it's an elective profession. No one makes you do it. And uh, I have a lot of gratitude for that great 10 years. It was painful when it ended. Uh, it's been, I've been unfamous longer than I was famous. So You're now famous. it's now. You know that. No. When you walk I, down I'm the not, street, I'm not, I'm not pandering. I'm not pandering. I'm not pandering. I'm not, but can I say? No, I'm sometimes people, every once in a while, people will say, you, you remind stage, me of. People oh, know. Some. When you walk down the street, people see you. No, no, no. Sometimes people You get recognized will, on a plane. Every once in a I while. I did yesterday. Every my once wife in a while. Over and but some people say upset. you remind me of. Um, and they think. And they'll say that, that you look you look sort of like. But one of my favorite. Mortsall. Uh, Mortsall. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. One of my favorite stories is that at Sketchfest in San Francisco a number of years ago, I was walking and smoking a cigarette. And this uh, gentleman said, hey, can I get a cigarette? And so I gave him a cigarette. And he said, can I use your lighter? And I'm lighting a cigarette. And he said, Bernie you, Madoff. you remind me of. Uh, Oh, that girl, that girl, that girl. What's her name? I think she was Daria. I wasn't, but a lot of people yeah. think I was the voice of Daria. And I said, Janine Garofalo? And he said, yeah, whatever happened to her? Probably dead by now. And he's smoking. I, was, I thought that was so... Did you say I didn't anything correct, or did you No, laugh? no. I, I, at first, I'm not going to say, no, I'm alive. You wanted but to correct But even him. people in my peer group will say, why did you quit acting and quit doing stand-up? I didn't. I didn't. What do you think of Bill Maher? Um, I, I actually am glad that he's there. I don't always agree with him. I think he can be a hard ass sometimes and entrenched in his ways, like a lot of people. I don't agree with his Israel stance. Um, but I But you love, don't define him as a human based no, on not at all. political opinion. In fact, he is always was always very supportive of my stand up and I remember opening for him at Catch Rising Star in Cambridge. Yeah. A billion years ago, and he couldn't have been nicer. And he, uh, I, I used to love doing that show. I don't know why uh, I haven't. When it was politically incorrect, or when it was, uh, I did politically incorrect, yeah. and this new one, and I haven't been back in a while. I'd love to do it, but there's nothing to, no reason to have me. Like, there's yeah. not things to promote. But like, if you have the movie coming out, you would right. Go back but it's on not the type of movie that people are like. He's uh, important for comedy, right? Uh, oh, he's important for lots of reasons, and. Uh, a lot of stand-up comics are very important because they get to speak where others don't get to speak. And there's many stand-up comics who are vital to the culture. And it's always been that way. Yeah. And hopefully you, it always will be. Jeff Dunham was on the like CBS morning show today. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those guys Was Peanut now. there? Yeah, I think Peanut was okay. there. Peanut's the purple one, right? The Peanut's purple. one of the puppets. Very yeah, They're and, usually together. And he basically was, Jeff Dunham was standing up being like, I'm one of the important guys that thinks comedy is very important right mm -hmm. now. And he was taking that, you know, like almost a free speech advocate type of role, which well, a lot of comics there's a difference between free do, speech and then spouting off. Yeah, <laughs> there's a big a difference between them. Some people say free speech, but they really just want to say the they N word. They just want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll go, well, it's just a word. It's not that important. And you're but like, no, But they'll take huge issue with something for. that somebody yeah. else says. It, it, it's but what was he saying on, I would never say as a comic, we're so important. I would say no, he, there are comics, not me, like, I'm one who of the comics important. that just believe it's really important to be funny in this time. But there's it, never been an easy time but for there's, comedy. I know there is, in the same way people always say, children are our future. They say that for every gen. So which one is it? Yeah. Which gen? They've been saying that since I was little, since uh, children are our future. Isn't the future now? 
And yeah. on the same powerful cabals, so the future. So there's always shit going on, right? Right. There's it's like there's always, always shit. stuff. Like you bring going up the Bush on. era. It, it was the every same era. Thing. Okay. Is, so the it's comedy the is important, but people like to say it now more than now ever. Now more than ever. It's now more than ever. We need to say right. what we. And it's like no, you just no. It's to sell always. Tickets. It's always just be funny. Right. It, yeah. It would. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody should tell Peanut. Um, I really. Uh, I really love you so much. I, I love talking to you. Oh, and I thank didn't know you. that you, you disagree with me so often, which I really do. I, I disagree with you. Yeah. So? Cause whenever I say something, you go, no, and no, no, no. I was, saying, I was, uh, I guess what I'm saying, and this is why I don't like to be on podcast. Cause I'm overbearing and, and unlikable. That's what it is. I feel overbearing and unlikable, but <laughs> you're uh, very likable. Uh, no, no, no. Again, I'm not pandering. Okay. I have a feeling it's annoying for the listener, but I don't, uh, I guess I do disagree, but I always feel like, I feel like it's a different angle. Like when people say, I think it's this. It's fun to talk. It is. It is. See, this, this conversation to me is, is a podcast worth doing because we're talking about something. Whereas sometimes you do podcasts where it's just really about non-essential banter or some of the people are trying to be funny, just trying to get a laugh all the time, which can really get in the way of podcasts. Right. Did you do... Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah. And the, it was a big podcast when it first started. Oh my God. I it did still it. probably yeah, is. Yeah. In the early days, I, I got to do it a couple times in his garage. Uh, yeah. And it was thrilling. Like I said, he was at Air America. And you guys go way back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I met him. Um, did you date probably him? Am I allowed to ask? No, that? I never dated Mark Maron. Did I, you date famous people? Um, sort of. Was, your, was the best person you ever dated not a famous person? Oh, uh, for sure. There, I've had wonderful, wonderful uh, boyfriends, mates over the years. Um, now, dating is is uh, ma- partners, yeah, partner. whatever. Now, there's. Uh, I am reticent to say dating because it would be just intermittent intimacy. I understand with these people, not codified as dating. Did you have a big house in LA? In Not the at all. No, I had roommates. Why? Um, uh, because I, I like it. And also it started that way. Um, my first place I lived, I lived with Jeff Garland. Yeah. Um, on He's Genesee. still around. Yes, of course he is. And I heard a very funny story Rondell about Sheridan him. lived there. And Robert Schimmel, the late Robert Schimmel was our landlord. Robert Schimmel was great. And was then landlord. I lived in a That's house racist. with, what? That's racist. What did you say about Robert that? Schimmel was my landlord. That's racist. Schimmel was fantastic. I know, very I funny. I loved Schimmel. Very funny. And then I very lived- Very good career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very dirty, but mm-hmm. elegantly dirty. Yes. And I then I lived in a house for a long time uh, with uh, Margaret Cho, Laura Milligan, Greg Barrett, um, and uh, Jerry Finelli, who was in a band called Red Cross. And I was- Dated Greg Barrett, uh, who the creator of He's Not That Into You. Yeah. Wonderful human. One of the best people I've ever met in my life. And um, then my intermittent intimacy with some of these others have gone on to be quite famous. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, it was not technically dating like that. They wanted to have me around during the day for pictures on the red carpet. I'm not really. Wow. Um, not that. It's just one of those things where they had others that maybe would be more. I get it. You know what I mean? An um, entanglement. Uh, yeah. And, but I've had wonderful, they're n- not, not a, not a, uh, not a bum 
fella in the bunch. Like, really? Uh, yeah. Just all good lo- guys. All lovely, lovely, lovely gentlemen. You're very blessed. Uh, Not many yeah. women can say that. Not many men can say uh, that. Yeah. I, and if I've had some that I don't, I'm not recalling it. Um, it's just really, and I'm still friends with many of them. You stay friends with your exes. Yeah. yeah. I've never done that. I'm friends with Melissa a little bit. Uh huh. Melissa and I dated when I was 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. And then I went to this therapist named Alan on the Upper West Side that many of the comics in the city would go to. And Alan, every time I would leave, I would go home and almost divorce my wife. He would say, this this is horrible. You need Uh to get out of it. I'm still with my wife, by the way. We have Uh a lovely daughter. And he said, your intimacy issues come from Melissa. You never got over her. You need to call her up and tell her that you loved her and and I go, she's got a husband and two kids and lives in right. Long Island. Now's goes, not the time. He goes, you have to do it. And at that point in time, I tried to reach out. I go, hey, are you around for a call? This and I go, what am I listening to this dumb therapist? I feel for? like that is. Uh, you can say nice things like I. Uh, I just want you to know that our time together was wonderful. Yeah. I'm so happy for you I now. loved you. I never got over yeah, you. there's no reason to say that to a married <laughs> Why person. Why would a therapist say that? I'm not sure, unless they want to create trouble to keep you coming back. I think that's therapy. what it is, and I wasn't even paying him that well. Uh-huh. But he was, I really didn't that's, enjoy yeah, it. I, I feel like that's not great advice. Thank you. And, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. nice. People always want to hear nice things. It's lovely, yeah. and it's lovely but to not feel to hear, validated. I never got over you. But... Uh, unless you couch it in, listen, it's just, this is me. My therapist said that, but I want you to know that I'm so happy for you and your husband oh, and all that, I guess, but I never got over you, but I'm working. I don't know that. No, it's not helpful. My I don't wife think and I helpful. are getting along much better now. We communicate. Were yeah. you ever married? Yes, but this was accidentally, I got married to Rob Cohen. There's three of them. This one was three a, Rob Cohen's? Three Rob Cohen's in Los Angeles. <laughs> we got married in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, in a blackout drunk state. Apparently it was. You don't was, drink anymore. No. Sober it was real. We were married for 20 years. We were married for 20 years and didn't even know that we had signed papers. Come on. Until he got married for real and we had to have it dissolved by a notary republic. And here's the key to staying married for 20 years. Don't know it. Yeah. Live on different coasts and date other people the whole time. That's the key Great to a idea. 20 year. You don't drink anymore. No, I quit in 2001. You used to be a vodka drinker. I used to be a, I used to be a vodka and a Patron drinker. That's, a, that's heavy. Yeah. You would get fucked up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Not proud of that. Not proud of that. You don't miss it. You feel better. I do do miss sometimes the altering one's consciousness and that, that how great that first drink feels and you decompress. Escaping. Escaping. I miss that very much. There's a, yeah. But I don't don't miss everything else. You don't get to escape anymore. No. I don't escape either. I got a bad back. Sometimes I can get a back pill. (laughs) My arthritis medication. If I, if I, I crush up my arthritis medication, Smart. lick it off the back of my hand to remind me of my youth. Walk, this is true. Walk you don't. Soup, I do. You snort up. Your- no, no, no. I lick it. Lick it. Cause I used to lick, this is back well, in the like days this? of speed. Yeah. And I used to put uh, speed in the eighties. and Come early on. Days, but I'm, you do this no with reason, a pain pill. An arthritis this, this, pill. No, this is arthritis medication. And oh my God. I crush it up. This just sometimes to just think of my youth. Yeah. And I lick it off the back of my hand and I walk super fast, chug a Red Bull while smoking a cigarette and I can get a little wacky for 15 minutes. And then and you come back down. And then I'd come back down. And so that's how resourceful I've had to get over as I'm in AARP. As an older woman, it, it works for about 15 minutes. Where you I know f- you look 
better now than you did when That's you were younger. That's not true. It's just that I look See, so shit. No, no, no. I just look so shit before. You All you got to do is look wonderful. not a You're shit. In fantastic and then shape. people give you compliments you don't deserve. I look like the What's up, Nick? Least photogenic person. And actually, you know come Janine? in. You should, you should have somebody else come on. because I, you know I think people have, Hello. Nice come to Come in. You. Sit here for a minute. And actually, I should stop talking. Why? Because so, I'll just keep talking and there's no reason just for sit, me to. Just sit here with Nick for a minute and then you can go. Unless you have to go. What's well, up? What are you Nick, in town for? Nick, you take for? this one and I'll take the outside. Hello. Nice to see you. My hand's I'm here. I'm good. How are you? Good. You guys know each other, right? I, I don't know. Have you met before? I don't know if we ever have, actually. I, I think we've been in the same Oh, yeah. Area. We've been next to each other yes. in our shows, I think. Uh, yeah. You go there. Yeah. What's up? Janine's got to go. All I right. got to go because also I talk too much. Uh, I'm I doing just, this out of respect for your listeners. I just walked you. Sorry. And also, I'll talk to people. Yeah. when I talk. Are you going to leave now? I'm still talking. We're, we're literally <laughs> wrapping up the show. Tell, tell them the in, movie in, that's coming out uh, on December okay. the 16th. So there's a movie, December 16th, called The Apology, starring Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad. Yeah. And Linus Roche from, uh, I think, Law and & Order and Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And uh, myself, and it's called The Apology. And uh, I, I I hope people go see it. <laughs> I think they will. Where's it playing? Select theaters? I don't know. Select theaters, and then I'm sure it'll just go into that ether of streaming. Uh, I fucking love you. Thank you for coming I on. I love you. I know you didn't have to. What are you doing here? Are you opening for Nate? Uh, yeah. Where? Yeah, a lot. No, no, not in town, but I'm on the road well, with I Amazon. I thought he's here. I saw you at Skankfest. Yeah. And you were there. No, no, no. I'm uh, just here for Thanksgiving. Oh, just, just shit. It family, wasn't you. Who family. was it? Who, I was, who was with him at Skankfest? Uh, it was Veter. 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 Yeah. I always yeah. think that you open for him all the time. You do. I, I do. How fun is that? It's a lot of fun. Nate's doing good. He's playing... Very good B rooms now. <laughs> yeah, he's, sell, just, he's selling them he's half just starting out. Just out, you know. I mean, I I feel like I get a lot of the. I should take a lot of the credit. Isn't for it, it fun to yeah, do that? Yeah. Did you ever think that you were going to be doing theaters of that ilk? Yeah, it's nuts. You thought that? Uh, no. I mean, it's just it's a crazy experience. You chafing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Veter. Yeah. Justin. Justin. Yeah. Uh, Graham. Graham K. Graham K. Vecchione. How's, how's Justin doing weight-wise? <laughs> he is uh, doing good, you know? It's a, it's a fun. Sometimes I follow him or vice versa. Yeah. And uh, we we have quite the combo of uh, looks. He's a good time. Yeah. Well, he's so, a great time. We smoke cigars and hang out. I, I like Justin a lot. When he lived in New York, we would smoke cigars a lot. What's your favorite cigar? Uh, I get a lot of Cubans. So Monte Cristos, Pollo de Monterey, Epicure Number Two. Have you tried it? Ooh, I don't. I don't know. It's mine and Ari's favorite cigar. You nice. should try it. Did you know Janine Garofalo came on here? She, yeah. We totally thought different. She's like a huge Trump supporter, and it blew our minds. <laughs> well, I, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was I like, I did not. She has a conservative vibe. She said I've, Biden was Hitler. I mean, she said that uh, it's <laughs> it's everything we've thought, you know, she, for she's years. Brilliant. No, she's Anyways, she's the best. What do you got going on? You're opening for Nate. What else? Just hanging out, you know. Do you bite some... your nails or you clip them like that? I clip them like that. Yeah, I clip mine too. And then it's hard to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I got stubby fingers too. Uh, I don't know if we're, you know, in the same. Yours are stubby. If you can, mine. if you can. Thank God. I got to take a picture of your hands. hands. <laughs> Send it to my wife. If you and could tell just, her how you know, relate to my fingers. That's, uh, yeah. I didn't think you were going to go there, but I like that. I just saw them. That's <laughs> what I thought. I haven't seen you in uh, quite some time. It's good to see you back in New yeah, York. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be back. It you doing fun. movies or something? 
Yeah, I got you know some movies coming out. I'm what is coming it? out? It's uh, Janine's got one with two people I never heard of. <laughs> Bittersweet, you know. So Billy Baldwin's in it, mm-hmm. um, and so I play like it's a, one of the top six Baldwins. Yeah, yeah. He probably elevated. He didn't since shoot Alex anybody. Shot yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a great guy, and yeah, uh, yeah just hustling. Where do you live now, LA. I live in LA. You're married. You got a kid. I'm married. I got a kid. How many kids? One kid. I have one kid too. So Are you one a, and done? Year and a half. I think we'll have another. Yeah, you, know? you try. Not yet. No. But she's like, it's, how old's your kid? She's five. Okay. So yeah. now you're like, all right, let's give it a shot. Yeah, now but I'm my still wife that, doesn't like, want to have more. So yeah? then we were going to adopt, but you can't adopt if you're white. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This is a real thing. It's hard. Janine was ranting about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you know, I don't know. Ukraine. It's, you got yeah, to be willing to go say. into a combat zone. We have friends that adopted from Russia. Their kids are short. They're sh- and I'm short. You're short. Yeah. I'm 5'5". Five five. There you go. They're short kids. They're like five feet. Okay. Maybe 4'11". They're short. Very nice kids, one of them. The other one. I got connections under four feet. So really? that's the, yeah. Does it make it easier for you to adopt? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. See? It's not get easy. A, get a little person. Do you, really? Is yeah. there a lot of little people? Actually, there are. Yeah. I mean, all babies are little people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm learning things here tonight. All right. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we can't in Jersey, you can't. There's one place they're just like, unless it's just hard. Unless yeah. you're I, I've heard that camp. it is really hard, yeah. you know. It so, sucks. Mike we, Lawrence just got one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. And they've been waiting a long time. Yeah. What's up, Jay? Do you want to do a surrogate? <laughs> no. Do you know what that is? Put a baby in, in somebody? Yeah, were you just Not about to say though, me? Right? Yeah, that's what a surrogate is. Do you know yeah, someone that would care? Yeah, it pays like 10 grand. I heard now it pays a lot more than that. It's like uh, you're you're lowballing yourself if you agree to this deal. I mean, there's like people making it's like a million dollars. I don't know about a million. You're hanging out with Nate too much. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let people know your website and shit. I got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. You follow me at Nick Novicki, um, and that's my website too. Nice. And so yeah. All See right. you soon. Where are we going to be? Midwest Tour. Me, Louis J. Gomez, Offend Everyone, December 2, 3, 4. Tickets are up at Ehrenberg.com. Also, Toronto Yuck Yucks, December 16th, 17th. Those are the dates. Uh, they're almost sold out, the early shows. We may add a Friday show. Get the tickets, Ehrenberg.com or lewisofskanks.com. Then January, we got Phoenix. We got Minnesota. We got Cuyahoga Falls. Also, I'm going to be at the Funny Bone in Hartford. Get tickets for that. Thank you so much. We had Janine Garofalo on the show. We did not know that she was, wow, that far right wing. That blew my mind. All right. Bye. <laughs>